Hello, and welcome to Talking Solutions. This is a seventh podcast from the Association for Solution-Focused Hypnotherapy. I'm Sally Hare. And I'm Trevor Eddles, and we're both experienced solution-focused hypnotherapists. Today, we're really pleased to have Susan Rodriguez and Stuart Taylor from Clifton Practice Hypnotherapy Training with us. Welcome, Susan and Stuart. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for inviting us. Clifton Practice Hypnotherapy Training, or CPHT, is an accredited centre of excellence in hypnotherapy and psychotherapy, and has been training therapists since 2002, originally just in Bristol, but now nationally and internationally. Many members of the AFSFH trained with CPHT, and for full disclosure, I should say that these guys were my lecturers when I trained. Susan Rodriguez graduated from CPHT in Bristol in 2004, and is now a senior lecturer in Bristol and Cardiff. She's also chair of our very own AFSFH and executive director of the UK Confederation of Hypnotherapy Organisations. She divides her time between teaching, supervising, coordinating CPD and supervision programmes, managing accreditation and still working as a solution focused hypnotherapist and hopefully finding time to cook you dinner at some point as well. Oh, yes. Never miss out (laughs) on my dinner. (laughs) (laughs) And Stuart Taylor is also a senior lecturer in Bristol and Cardiff and also graduated in 2004. He also still works as a therapist and offers supervision to practitioners. He has a love of stage hypnotism and performance and has completed a diploma in parapsychology. Alongside his therapy work, Stuart also works in a school which utilises a solution-focused Thrive approach. So both very busy individuals, so we're really grateful that you've managed to join us today. Okay, let's start with the questions then. So Susan, there are many different kinds of hypnotherapy. What do you think sets the solution-focused approach apart from other modalities? I think there are many um, modalities, and historically, uh, they always look back to look at the what we call the initial sensitizing event. How did this problem start? And then go back to childhood or previous time, or even previous lives in some, um, so with some um, therapy. But we very much look at where we are today and where we want to be going, rather than looking past. Um, because we now know and nowadays because of the work that we do we look at neuroscience and how the brain works and that's an important part of the work that we do it enables us to recognize that people can change the brain can change we can't we don't need to stay the same as we are we don't need to go back over the past the past as we look back the memory isn't what it used to be whatever age you are the brain makes stories up and it's not always exactly as it happened so we want to look at what we can do with what we know at the moment and look forward to how we want to be rather than looking back at the past. The problem that was in the past is actually now. And so we need to deal with it now where we are at the moment and how we can look forward. We look very much at people's skills and abilities. We're very curious about what they can do and how they can do it and interested in uh, their life and how they're coping at the moment and what skills they have that can help them to work better in the future, to move to how they want to be and what they want to do in their lives. Thank you. That's quite a big change from kind of traditional problem-focused therapy, isn't it? So, Mm. Stuart, what can somebody expect from an SFH session? Well, Sally, as Susan's just said, it's always very forward planning. In effect, we're looking at what can we do today to make tomorrow feel better. And each step, of course, taking us in a direction we want to go. So the way we would do that would be a structured session 
uh, which helps uh, the client when they come in as well to know where they are with their progress because week after week we can see uh, the changes that are being made because of their answers. We would do this through uh, scaling, asking people to uh, find positive planning and structures that they can take forward in their life. Uh, the first port of call there is we always offer um, an initial consultation. So in the initial consultation, there's an opportunity to, uh, to for the two people to meet and to discuss uh, any any ideas, any plans to look at misconceptions, perhaps what about what hypnosis and hypnotherapy may be. But really, it's an opportunity for us to explain how we're going to, to work for that person to be able to achieve their goals. Uh, I think um, what's important is we don't focus on the problem. When the client comes in, they've been focusing very much on the problem. And we know that if you focus on the problem, you get more of that. We're looking at the skills and abilities they've got, perhaps in other areas of their life or other experiences they've had to enable them to move forward in their life. So we're very curious about the skills and abilities and about them as people. It's a very holistic approach, isn't it? Sort of like looking at the whole person, what they can bring to sort of go mm. forward. I mean, Susan, hypnotherapy is an unregulated profession in the UK at present, but both the AFSFH and CPHT, you know, work really hard to ensure its therapists maintain high levels of standards and professionalism. Now, how important do you think that is? That's vitally important. People have come to see hypnotherapists with a perception of what they see on the television and in films, and usually they're the bad guys. Um, we want very much uh, to let people know that we, we do self-regulate, and that's very important. We work to the codes of conduct and code of ethics and performance of the Association for Solution-Focused Hypnotherapy, which is a, a really good uh, standard. They're also a verifying organisation for the CNHC, that's the Complementary Natural Healthcare Council, who um, are regulated um, by the um, professional standards for social health and social care, and also they report into the government. They're making sure that the standards are uh, suitable for people and are high. And that's what's really important to maintain our reputation as hypnotherapists. And I think it's all of our job to maintain those high standards so that people have confidence and um, to be able to come to us and that we can help them. Yeah, it's interesting you say that the stereotype of the sort of googly eyed hypnotherapist that you see on, you know, films, that, you know, we're really fighting against that stereotype now. Yeah. And, and it's nice for people to know that we are nice and we can help. <laughs> <laughs> and we're, we're, but we will be helping them in the direction that they want to go. Mm. We won't be telling them what to do. The decisions for change are made by the client because they're working in their world. Uh, if we gave advice, that would be from our background, from our experiences. So it's the client that makes the decisions for change, which means it's more likely that the change will happen. And it's the yeah. questioning that we that we have that's vitally important. The questions we ask to help people to think in a more positive way, um, to look for solutions, um, to look at the skills and abilities and the support systems around them so that mm -hmm. they can do it themselves. And it's very empowering for the client to be able to do that. I think something, um, if we look at the idea of, of the hypnotist, as you both said there, as the sort of top-hatted, dangerous character, Obviously, my interest in, in hypnosis, uh, stage hypnosis in particular, of course, um, that's something that I, I like. I like the way that it demonstrates how creative the, the mind can be. Mm -hmm. 
And obviously, um, we're using things to help with uh, with therapy. So we're not going to be getting people to do daft stage antics simply because they're in therapy and they want to work out a solution to a problem. But um, I think if we can take a step back from that and really recognise uh, that does show how creative the mind can be when it when it uh, selects something to do. If we are dancing with a broom or if we're imagining flying happily on our next holiday, you know. These are uh, applications of, of hypnosis that I think are wonderful. Mm. Yeah, it's really helpful to think, think of it that way, yeah. In our initial consultation with our client, we get some background information from them of what's happening in their lives. But also we need to set a goal. We ask them where they want to be and what they want to do. We explain to the client the workings of the brain and the mind so they can understand what's happening, why it's happening, and how these behaviours are perfectly normal and natural, given the set of circumstances they're in. But we also help them to look at ways that they can come out of that. We look at the three Ps we talk about, positive thoughts, actions and interactions, that help them to produce the right neurotransmitters for them to make the changes that they want to make to be able to cope better with their life. So I think something that Susan's just touched on there is uh, I think that's really, really empowering for the way a solution-focused hypnotherapist works is the way we explain this to the client as well. There's a thread through it. So I'm not just telling you something and you're doing it. I'm explaining how something may help, you know, as a thought process. And you're then applying it to the thought you want to have. So it's empowering because you know exactly what you're doing and why you're doing it. So often describe the initial consultation almost as uh, as a user's manual for the mind. And once we understand how the mind works, we can use it better. It's as simple as uh, as that, really, isn't it? But we don't come with that when we're born. True. In fact, no, no one else gives it to us, do they, apart from uh, solution-focused <laughs> hypnotherapists? <laughs> once someone learns about this, they've got these skills for life. They've got that knowledge to help them then and on into the future to be able to manage their life in a in a better way and uh, so it is very empowering for the client you know to be able to to learn this and to be able to recognize that they can change we're not hardwired to stay the same we can change the way we act the way we think the way that we behave so we can look forward to taking control in our life whilst we can't control things around us necessarily we can control the way we react to them so that we are feeling better about circumstances. Oh, Stuart, then. I'm interested in your experiences of working in a Thrive solution-focused school. Was that something you implemented? And what differences do you think it brings to education? It's funny you should ask me that, Trevor. It's a a strange story, that one. Um, Another thing that anyone goes to see a solution-focused hypnotherapist may quickly discover is there's lots of stories. We like to explain things through stories, you know, so that your mind can relate in that way. And that, so that's why, of course, these things are so useful for children, because children spend a lot of time uh, learning through stories, of course, through uh, bedtime stories and all kinds of things, fairy tales. But uh, to go back to the question, what happened was I was working um, with lots of children in my in my practice, and I was really enjoying that. But I just wanted to check that our approach would fit with the way it is in schools because um, I've got children, but luckily for me, my children hadn't had any problems in that kind of area at school. So I just contacted the school where they'd gone, the junior school, and asked if I could come in and just, you know, a couple of days and see what goes on in the school. Uh, And to be honest with you, I just fell in love with it. And uh, 
one thing led to another. They, they ended up with an opportunity to to work with a Thrive team. And the Thrive approach is a way of helping um, children and young adults by recognising in a very similar way to how we see things that the mind's plastic. So we can um, find an, any spaces that we have in our um, emotions can be shored up in the now. We don't have to go backwards. Once again, as Susan said a few times, I really love that idea. We don't have to go backwards to find a problem. We can recognise what we want to be able to deal with now and work it through and strengthen it. So that's how the Thrive approach works. So in school, um, obviously with my solution-focused training as well, it's, it's so much of it is about seeing uh, an instant solution to a situation. So if a child's angry or upset or in any way kind of emotionally dysregulated, we can help them by always offering uh, subtly or not so subtly, depending uh, on, on the situation, uh, the idea that there is a, a positive outcome, that it's a learning experience or that uh, it's an experience that they have survived and they can move forward from. So that's how we work in the Thrive School. Where, where I work at the moment, um, it's very much set up in that way. And what's nice about it as well is it also is something that all the children understand. So it cuts back on that idea that the child, you know, if we think of the, the classic idea of the naughty child gets to go and play, but the children understand that that's not what's happening. What's happening is here we have a child who needs some extra help and that's what they're getting. And it also means, of course, that's strangely empowering for the other children because it makes them realise for themselves, well, isn't that nice? I don't need that extra help. So it's actually nice for them as well to be able to support the help that's given. So um, it's just a, a wonderful way of doing things, I think. Yeah. Do you think children learn better because they're in that kind of environment? Yes. Yes. I think uh, it helps them with their emotions. A very, I mean, I'm working in a junior school, so at a very early age when there's lots of emotional confusion, of course, but it helps them at that early age to understand the emotion and also to not be afraid of it, to, to be able to label it, you know, and not me, not necessarily permanently, but in that moment, I am angry because of this. But uh, this is a response I can have or I can change it. You know, I can find someone to talk it through. So it certainly helps children, um, I suppose, on a general level. It, it allows them to be able to relax because at any given time they know if they needed it, there's support for them. They haven't got to try and hide it if you're afraid or upset. You haven't got to hide it away and try and be big and brave like everybody else is pretending to be. Even as adults, everybody else is big and brave. Nobody else walks into a room anxious or concerned. Do they? It's only us. <laughs> uh, and that's the perception we have. But the reality of it is all of us are thinking, oh, here we go. This is a... <laughs> But it's how we deal with that, being able to, to be able to laugh about it as we are now and just recognise that that is a human response and um, in many ways healthy, of course, is what we do with it. As Susan said, if, if it means I never leave my house, well, then that's not so appropriate, is it? But if I'm anxious because I want to make a good impression, uh, well, actually, I now know that I want to make a good impression. That's quite a good thing to want to be able to do, isn't it? No, I think that's great. I think it's a fantastic approach. Um, keeping the spotlight on you, Stuart, so my next question is if if someone's listening and curious about solution-focused hypnotherapy, what do you suggest that they do? Well, of course, uh, looking on the uh, AFSFH uh, website is a good start because you're going to get lots of information, uh, A, to give you some idea of what it is, what you might be getting from it, how it could help, but also it's going to help you find a um, practitioner in your area. Uh, that would be good. If I'm allowed to mention the Clifton Practice, uh, of course, as well, that's another <laughs> place you can have a look at information or my, my website. 
So you can, you know, look up any and all hypnotherapists, is I suppose what I would suggest, and start to get a feel for what works for you. Certainly, um, as a solution-focused hypnotherapist, they will be dealing in, you know, in the way we're talking about today, that forward approach, which um, obviously I know it sounds like we keep going back to it, but it's, uh, um, that's a weird one, isn't it? Go and keep going back to talking about going forward. Going forward. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's a hypnotic moment right there. But um, if we, yeah, I think uh, just sound it out, speak to people, ask people, be, you know, if you're interested in uh, somebody, phone them up, ask them, talk to them. Because it's yeah. important to find the right person for you, isn't it? Because we all are mm. trained and, and deliver a service, but it's to find that person that chimes with you, isn't it, as well? Yeah. The most important thing for success is that therapeutic alliance. If you get mm. on with the person that you're working with, you're more likely to have successful therapy. And that's that's what it's all about. So, yeah, get in touch and um, talk to the person and book your initial consultation. Uh, you'll be surprised at what you can learn there how it can help you <laughs> learning about the amygdala the hippocampus the hypothalamus all of those sorts of things and how that fight flight freeze part of the brain is there to protect you you know but understanding that and what we can do to reassure it so that it's not on um it's not hyper vigilant all the time um so that we can live our lives and in more intellectual control Susan, we, we do want to hear about the Clifton practice. You know, what is next in the pipeline for CPHT? Well, CPHT, it's very exciting. We've got a new uh, website, uh, which has got lots of information on. Um, and we've got 30 different schools throughout UK, um, all training in, in this in solution-focused hypnotherapy. And um, we've um, got lots. We, we don't just train you for them. We don't train you and let you go. We we train you and we support you through the whole of your life as a hypnotherapist, because you can train with us and do the hypnotherapy and practice diploma. You also get a diploma in solution focused hypnotherapy. But after that, as part of a um, you will upgrade with your uh, regulatory association um, you need a supervisor and we train supervisors as well and we also do the advanced hypnotherapy diploma and we run CPD's continuous professional development because as a professional practitioner you need to be up to date with your skills it's really important to do that again we spoke earlier on about um, uh, the modality and the regulation and and how it's important to keep those skills going at CPHT we have all of these different ways to support you throughout your training and um, your life as a professional practitioner and of course it's uh, it's supported by the Association for Solution focused hypnotherapy that's good to have that backup and that support from you and you regulating um you know the skills and things that we have yeah. but also if you're interested in training with us just look on www.cpht.co.uk and you can have a look at all the different schools wherever you are in the country there'll be one that's not too far away anything else that you'd like to have said that you haven't said already the one thing that went through my mind was talking about it being fun. Yes. Can I just say, uh, uh, you know, that it is a structured format that's backed up by neuroscience and research and it's got to be fun. That's what it is. That's what we do. Well, thank you ever so much, Susan and Stuart. It's been really nice catching up with you. Obviously, we're biased, but, you know, sort of hear more about this wonderful approach to therapy and find out what's happening with the Clifton practice. So thank you. So that's about it for this podcast. I hope you know a little more about solution-focused hypnotherapy now. 
So next time, we're looking forward to talking to Phil Harris, who's a solution-focused practitioner and trainer working in the field of addiction and dependency. So it's goodbye from our guests, Susan Rodriguez and Stuart Taylor. Bye. Thanks for inviting us. Goodbye. And for me, Sally Hare. And it's goodbye from me, Trevor Eddles. Bye. Bye.